It's your good pal, Steve-O, from the 4i Radio Network. I'm here to talk to you about a wonderful designer we all know, uh, Revenge Lover. Illustrates and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, please visit revengelover.com. And just do yourself a favor and tell them Steve-O sent you. I know it really doesn't count for anything, but, I mean, come on. Who's gonna, who are you going to trust? You gonna trust? You going to trust somebody else? No, you're going to trust me, Steve-O. Because, face it, I'm awesome. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. We're going to Earth 2. <laughs> oh my god, that flash though. Oh, we're going to Earth 2 next week! The promo of Cisco and Barry taking a selfie in Earth 2. I, <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> we're going to see this more and more. As Power Rangers continues to get popular, the more that news sites are going to make up bull. Mm-hmm. And we saw that with the Rick Medina thing. People just getting it wrong, and it's like, who cares? It's Power Rangers. Blah. Yeah, I think that's the most frustrating thing is when we who have sort of the inside track on the fandom and say, oh, okay, we want our presentation of this story to have all of the facts correct 100%. But then you get news outlets like Nerdist just did a video where they're like, Power Rangers movie, because that's a thing. So here's what's going on with it. And they were just totally dismissive of it. That just gets aggravating. Some of these people are right. Power Rangers as a concept is f***ing ridiculous. Yeah, I have no argument there. (laughs) Last night, I was up all night drinking beer. Well, not all night drinking beer, but I drank one beer. And I was refreshing the Iowa caucus results. Are you still drunk? (laughs) No. No. I was refreshing the Iowa caucus results and drinking a beer, and I imagine that's what Super Bowl fans feel like. (laughs) I was, like, so attached to it. At one point, I vaguely remember telling my dog that she won the Iowa caucus. Oh, no. Hey, Pig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told my dog she was going to be dog president. Oh, the, as adorable as that would be. <laughs> no. Although I do think a dog would be able to run the country better than some of these candidates. <laughs> I just got the hilarious mental image of AP on the floor, beer in hand, wrapped in a blanket, looking at her dog, just like, you're going to be the president. Oh my gosh, I had one beer. That's not it. No. Oh, come on. You've gotten sloshed on our drunk cast before. That was whiskey, okay? That's a totally different story. That's, that's, yeah, that's fair. Whiskey is, is (laughs) whiskey is the mind killer. (laughs) Whiskey must flow. (laughs) See, you got that reference. I did, I did. God, did I really just get a Kendall and Coda forever comment? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the shipping at this point is getting ridiculous. It's one thing when a season obviously places hints like we had in RPM with Ziggy and Dr. K. Right. But it's another thing entirely when it's like, hey, these two characters have minimal interaction. Oh my God, they're destined to be together. It's true love. No, it's not. Shut up. I mean, they freaking hugged. Come on. Uh, don't groan of indifference, man. Oh, I'm not groan of indifferencing you. I'm groan of indifferencing my Google search. I like that this has become a verb now. <laughs> that Elizabeth Banks, though. Oh my god, I'm so excited for that. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Like, she's, oh my gosh. Like, she's basically just gonna be playing evil Effie Trinket, which is totally fine. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, 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 it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. 
Today on the Power Hour, episode 61, Rangers Supercharged, recorded on February 2nd, 2016. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Son of Ranger up with your hosts, I'm Eric, also known as TruckyB47. I'm AP, also known as Secret Ranger Fan. And I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, guys! Hey! How's it going? Hey! Woo! How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good podcast. We're done. Anything new you guys want to share with our listeners? <laughs> Try to be more open. I survived. Anywho, I survived. this is me failing a podcast. I survived the Northeast Blizzard of 2016. Woo! Which I am so glad missed us. <laughs> we, just got, we just got rain, all day rain. But in an ironic note, I tracked down one of the last shift cars I needed, which was Road Winter. <laughs> that is pretty ironic. <laughs> so I'm glad everyone survived the snow apocalypse on the East Coast. We have a crap ton of news. This is not even a joke. There's so much news that even happened today. So we're going to get straight into it. So this happened today before we record this this morning. Elizabeth Banks has been cast as Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers movie. This is Ranger Command breaking news. Well, <laughs> not really. Not really. So, by the time they hear this, it'll be a week old. Yeah. <laughs> My God, did you did you guys put? But she's not Asian. I didn't. I may have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> so this was announced on the Power Rangers movie Instagram. Power Force got an email like 10 minutes after they announced it saying, oh, hey, guys, this is a thing. But yeah, holy crap. So this is the first really big name attached to this movie. And it's kind of like what we speculated about, that there would be a lot of new faces with the Rangers. But we said that they should have a big name to kind of draw in the audiences. And... Elizabeth Banks is huge right now. Yeah. She was Ellie in the Hunger Games franchise. E- Effie. Effie. Effie, Ellie, whatever. I I... They're very particular. Yeah. <laughs> so she played Effie in the Hunger Games franchise. APU said she's directed some stuff too. Yeah, now. she directed the last Pitch Perfect movie. And she also directed a kind of comedy movie. But she's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like Scrubs. Yeah. She's been around. She can be hilarious and dramatic, yeah. which I think is what a Power Rangers movie needs. Obviously, they're going to go for some comedic value, but if they're going for the kind of grim, dark, or slightly more mature Power Rangers movie, I think she can play both sides of, of Rita Repulsa yeah, like that. Definitely. In the series, Rita can be kind of slapsticky with her sidekicks, but at the same time, on the turn of a head, she can be this menacing evil witch to the Power Rangers, and it's a mm-hmm. huge threat. 
Yeah. So I think this is amazing casting. It, it really is. She's very ridiculously talented. It's kind of no surprise on one end because the Hunger Games was a Lionsgate franchise. They're looking to fill the void now that that series is ending. Why not bring in an actor from the Hunger Games, you know? Mm -hmm. It's going to even bring in some of that audience, maybe. Which I think is what they're counting on. Yeah. Or even the Pitch Perfect audience, and that's pretty huge. On the web today, after this story broke, there was a lot of talk going around that Hollywood has basically whitewashed Rita Repulsa just because Elizabeth Banks is not Asian. It completely flummoxed me because the whole rest of the cast is one of the most diverse casts in a movie franchise in a long time. Yeah. I really don't get it. And it's also not even like, I could be getting this totally wrong, but there's two ways to sort of do a new version of a movie. There's like the reboot or the reimagining. And this is the one where not everything's the same. So it's a reimagining, yeah. yeah. It's a reimagining. It's not even the same story as the original. No. It's not even really the same characters. It's just the same names. Right, that's the whole thing. Because Billy's black in this movie. Zach's Asian. It's completely different. Trini's Latina instead of Asian. And Kimberly's half Indian. Exactly. So Elizabeth Banks is like the second white person to be cast (laughs) on this movie, aside from Dacre as, as Jason. That's not whitewashing. Whitewashing is like what they did in the last Airbender movie. You completely have a white cast where there's clearly Asian influences in the world of Avatar and the last Airbender. So that's whitewashing. And even Jackie Marshand, didn't she write for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Oh, yeah. And she, like, loved this. And she, like, wrote Rita Repulsa, basically. So... Yeah. And another thing that a lot of these stories or news sites are getting wrong or what people aren't remembering is the original Japanese actress for Rita Repulsa... Yes, she was Japanese, of course. But when you translate Power Rangers, what they did, they were trying to use as much footage as they could from the Japanese source. Mm -hmm. So they, of course, they had to redub Rita Repulsa. And that that was kind of the charm of the original series, was that she was this crazy witch and she had the loud, screechy voice, voiced by Barbara Goodson. So technically, she wasn't even Rita Repulsa. The voice was Rita Repulsa. I can't believe I beat us back! This is not your fault, what? You should have killed Goldar! You failed! It won't happen again, Empress! Shut up! I'm gonna hate! Rita Repulsa has been played by other actresses. Like, the second season of the show, Carla Perez, in the movie, she was played by a different actress. Okay, so now Elizabeth Banks is obviously white, and she's playing Rita Repulsa. Okay, to me, that's not a problem. I'm more worried about what she's gonna bring to the role. Yeah. Not her skin color. Mm-hmm. When she played Effie in the Hunger Games, she was off the wall crazy. And I really hope she brings that kind of crazy to this role because that's going to be a fun movie. I want her to just chew the scenery. Absolutely. And... Like, ham it up with Rita because oh yeah, the way the character was in the original footage, because of that, you had to be very hammy with how you did the voice. Of course, we love Barbara Goodson for being just an awesome, awesome voice actress to be able to, to match the sort of intensity that she was seeing on the screen with her voice. And I think as long as Elizabeth 
Banks can bring that to the character again, it's going to be right. flawless. Yeah. I even saw some people saying that, oh no, you know, you got to bring back Barbara Goodson to voice Rita, blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you right now, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah. No. Like, Lionsgate is not going to redub someone as big as Elizabeth Banks. And they don't even have to. Like, and why would they? And they I? don't have to. Because the only right. reason she was dubbed the first time is because they were cheap. They used source footage. They had to right. dub it. Yeah. And even when they didn't have source footage, like in season two and three of Mighty Morphin, they were doing it to be consistent with the character. Yeah. yeah. Because they've already established that's her voice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. Even in the first Power Rangers movie, that was Barbara Goodson. But... It almost wasn't. That's the thing that people don't realize. When I went to some of those conventions last year, I heard that villains panel that Barbara Goodson and Kerrigan Mahan were on. And they were saying, even in the first movie, Fox almost didn't hire them as voice actors. They were going to get some other people. It was because of the fans that said, hey, those are the voices of these characters. Well, now you have a reimagining. All that stuff in the past doesn't matter anymore. No. I'm glad because I think Elizabeth Banks is going to bring a huge amount of attention to this movie if it hasn't already. Mm -hmm. I think it's brilliant casting. You can tell she is going to have a blast making this movie. Can you even imagine the chance for an actor to go off the wall crazy, Mm -hmm. a villain like Rita Repulsa, who's just wacky to begin with, wacky in a sense of like, this is a character that we've never seen before that's this insane she's the wicked witch of the west meets crazy villains Mm -hmm. from old movie serials i want to say the moment that i was sold i woke up this morning and i was scrolling through twitter and i'm seeing like oh okay they're saying elizabeth banks as reed and i'm thinking okay that might be that might be good and then Mm -hmm. i saw her post where she herself quoted the first episode and said, after 10,000 years, I'm free. It's time to conquer Earth. I said, that is right there. That sells me on Elizabeth Banks as Rita Repulsa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She even included, like, the little lightning bolt emoji. I was like, yep, you you got this. (laughs) Like, you know what this is all about. The path to Eric's heart emoji. (laughs) It's a lightning bolt emoji. What can I say? It was so great seeing the rest of the cast tweet about it and congratulating her Welcome and welcoming her, to the, her to the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was either uh, RJ or Ludi who posted something mm-hmm. like, Welcome to the Power Rangers family. And yeah. it's like, that's awesome. They're getting off on the right foot by bonding like that. The cast makes that bond and that chemistry shines through to the final product. We're going to have a great movie on our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, when they announced Elizabeth Banks, I knew that even more so Lionsgate is really putting forth the effort into this movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not a small thing anymore. No. It's got the budget. They shifted the release date to a better time frame to get more people in. And now Elizabeth Banks. They are serious about casting this movie. Mm -hmm. They're serious about the movie in general. This is not going to be like Fox, where it's a quick cash grab to gain the popularity. Like, this is a serious reimagining of the franchise. I really hope this Power Rangers movie does the same thing as, like, Star Trek, as Transformers, as any of these recent popular reboots have done to gain interest in a franchise again. The Transformers movie, as Chris has said before on on the show when we've talked about the movie and had him on, that the Transformers movie brought a ton of people 
into the Transformers franchise. And it kind of reinvigorated that franchise. Yep. And I'm really hoping that this movie is able to do that. Imagine what it would do for even the television series if this movie took off. My God, if it took off and they made hand over fist money-wise, God, the budget of the television show would shoot up, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Yeah, whoever their broadcasting partner is at that point would probably maybe still be Nickelodeon, who knows. But they would probably be willing to put a lot more towards it. And maybe we can get 40 episodes in a year again. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, that'd be nice. Yeah, that would be. And, you know, you only get a couple weeks hiatus instead of six freaking months. I think this is fabulous news. Mm -hmm. I really don't care what the haters say at this point. I don't think it's whitewashing. And while that is a problem in Hollywood, it is. Mm -hmm. I don't think it applies in this instance. No. No. I just had a huge discussion on whitewashing earlier with, Uh like, internet fandom friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And let me quickly pull up what she wrote to me. She said, Mm -hmm. it's any time you take a character of color and take away their cultural ethnicity and race. And that really does doesn't apply to Rita. Rita's an alien. (laughs) And even then, she's not even standard anything related to race or ethnicity. Even though she's only been played by women of color, that doesn't contribute anything to her. No, it never has. She's an evil space witch who married a a skinless muscle dude. You know what I mean? She was barely a character at all. Right. Like, she was literally basically just a shell formed over the source footage. I've heard other people say, well, now there's a white person as a villain, and a bunch of people of color are fighting a white person, so you can look at it that way, too. (laughs) Like, that's... That's another way to look at it. I think people get way too it's, upset it's about It's mainly this. people who don't look at the history of Power Rangers right. that are up in arms about this. Yeah, Power Rangers has always been about racial diversity. Mm-hmm. A kid's show in 1993 where you've got different ethnicities on the same team, that's something that Power Rangers never strayed away from. Every cast has been pretty diverse yeah. over the years. And it's always been like, the team hasn't stayed the same. It changes. And this it's is, constantly And evolving. this is just another evolution of it. It just happens to have the same names as the first one. That's all. And I really wish that people, especially some of the the more, I don't want to say casual fans, but people that have only watched Mighty Morphin when they were five, they've got that image of Mighty Morphin like stuck in their head. Well, like the Star Trek movie, you're going to have to get it unstuck because these are different characters. They may be based off the same characters, but now it's a new take on them. It's a new way to look at the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think it was one of the, it's the costume designer. She said she's got this hashtag going that says, not your mama's Power Rangers. And (laughs) she's white. It's not. It's not your 93 Power Rangers. It's 2016 Mighty Morphin, which is kind of what Boom Comics is is trying to do. And it's technically not even Mighty Morphin. They're just using the the name to cash in on the nostalgia. The movie is just called Power Rangers. It's not even Mighty Morphin. It's a reimagining of just the basic concept of the show. It's elevating it to teen slash young adult movie. 
It's not going to be your typical Power Rangers. And I'm excited for it. Sure, we're going to be looking at Mighty Morphin for like the next 20 years. But hey, if that's what keeps the TV show going, I'm all for it. And it it might even make me like Mighty Morphin. Not necessarily the television show because that's separate. But it might make me like the whole basic thing. It might give me a new respect for Jason, Billy, and all them. Because it's a completely different Jason and Billy and everything. Exactly. It's a new take. I grew up on Power Rangers. We all did. We all watched Mm -hmm. it originally. And to see a brand new take on it, I'm excited. Yeah. I just hope they don't F it up like they did the Star Trek movie. (laughs) But, I mean, that's just my own thing, like, as a a Trekkie. But as long as the characters are well-written and it's well-acted, and if the movie kicks ass and has a ton of action, I'm going to love it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to care that Rita Repulsa is not an older Japanese lady, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's not going to come into my mind at all. She's an evil space witch. And who knows? Rita might have some funky makeup to make her look even more alien. We don't know. So We really don't, honestly. We know basically think, nothing about this movie besides the character right. names. Yeah. That's all that we know. They're really keeping it under wraps. They haven't even filmed anything yet, for Christ's sake. They just haven't. So it's a little bit too early to start campaigning that this movie is going to whitewash. Because it's not. I think that that was my big thing. On a lighter note, Same toys. <laughs> <laughs> Togu Nation did some digging through Walmart.com and found pictures for all the Dino Superdrive five-inch figures. Red, black, blue, green, pink, gold, purple, graphite, aqua, and silver. All in the ultra Superdrive head-to-toe armor. They look awesome. Really looking forward to getting those. Also, the villain Doomwing, which is kind of like that black Torin from Kiruja, and a male Purple Ranger figure. So we're getting an, an Albert figure. I wonder if that means that he might be making another appearance. I would love that. I thought he was a great character. Because it seems like kind of a late release of him, considering oh, yeah. he's already appeared. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, There was also new auxiliary Zords. The Archylon Zord, like that big blue turtle, and it's got a saw blade on it, which is cool. The Avi Raptor Zord. There's going to be a limited edition Ankylo Zord, the green and gold, to match that limited edition Megazord that was just released. (laughs) And also the Titano Charge Megazord which is the big Brachiosaurus silver zord. I think they all look great. I'm collecting the hell out of this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you there. The new auxiliary zords look awesome. I love the spinning blade on the Archelon zord. Of course, everyone flipped their collective shit <laughs> when it found out Oviraptor shoots a missile out of its butt. Because that's the dino gas charger. <laughs> that is charger. the dino gas charger. I have to give a shout-out to Brian Shukin Shinobi. <laughs> because... That is his favorite Zord. Overrapu from Kiruja yeah. is like his favorite charger. Just because it's hilarious. Like you laugh like a five-year-old when you see it. <laughs> Pretty much, the, yeah. The fact that they're actually releasing a Zord of it, I'm totally getting that. I'm not getting those stupid recolors, but Nah, I'm not big on the recolors either. Like do we really but need I will red get red these original Zords because I think them releasing these auxiliary Zords is so cool. Yeah. Dino Charge is getting like all my money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, continuing the toy talk, the Legacy Falcon Zord packaging was revealed through Amazon France. And the box art is the throwback to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie style, where it's like the black and the silver lightning bolts. Yeah. 
So it's all based off the Power Rangers, the movie packaging. I'm super excited for this. I had to sell off my original movie, Falcon Zord, a few years ago. So I'm excited to rebuy it as a legacy item. Hmm. And then speaking of legacy, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Legacy Thunder Megazord has officially been released. Dear Barbara. Yeah, it's $199.99 retail price. I know because I bought you, one last yeah. week. I saw your, your tweet and I was just like, you know what? Good for him, but <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm paying that. Yeah, I just had to get it. Bandai has totally got me with the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. I had the original Assault Team growing up as a kid. I had the White Tiger. And just over the years, I lost them or they got sold off in a garage sale, whatever. And to own these toys again in a collector packaging and like collector look and style and everything about it, the die cast, all that stuff. It's great. Is it worth the 200 bucks? I was kind of feeling some buyer's remorse. I think there were some issues with it where I think they could have knocked it down to 150. Yeah. If it goes on sale, I think 150 is a more comfortable price point for what you get. But since I had to have it, I'm glad I did because I checked they recently put it up on the Toys R Us website with the store locator. And now you can get it shipped to home. But the store locator, I think there was like two Toys R Us's in a 50-mile radius of me that had them in stock. The rest of them didn't. And I know because when I bought mine from my Toys R Us, the next day I went back and the other one was gone. Yeah. Because they come in cases of two. It's going to fly off shelves and hopefully they produce some more and maybe it'll sit on shelves for a while. I was going to say shit on shelves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but maybe it'll sit on some shelves for a while and knock down the price a bit. I think $200 is a bit much. There was just some quality issues. Like if you look on Ranger Board and go in the Legacy Toy Thread, there's some talk of it leaning when it's in Megazord mode. It's leaning forward slightly. And mine does that. Mm. But overall, the look of it, I have it in the assault mode right now on the sled. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's just from the show. Yeah. It looks incredible. The paint apps and the detailing on it are miles above what we had when we were kids. And there's no stupid power bolt stickers. Yeah. There's none of that crap. It's a very nice release. It really is. If you have the disposable income, <laughs> if you get a tax return and you know want to relive your childhood, I say go for it. Maybe if it's on sale. Or if you're willing to swallow the $200 price tag, go for it. It'll probably be like, what is it, like $75 in a couple months anyway, so. God, if it gets that low, I'm going <laughs> to stab myself. <laughs> so. I'm just saying um, that because like everything else seems like it's yeah. so cheap now. I just can't wait till the Legacy Communicator comes out because that might oh, actually oh. be one I get. So. Yeah, I probably want to get that too. And then we can all be annoying at Power Morphicon. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> we'll play it at every panel, just like tens of other people do. Uh. Uh. <laughs> I like the tens of other people that you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I'm not wrong. <laughs> we should you know, we should make it a drinking game. I'll bring a flask of some some whiskey, and every time we hear it go off, uh, drink, drink. God, that is actually great. Everyone idea. will know. <laughs> That's what we're having a ranger. We're having a Ranger Command panel. Hey, you guys, what's going on? We're talking Power Rangers today. 
<laughs> yeah, by Saturday afternoon, we're just going to be sloshed like, down. That's that's just drunk. Who's that random girl passed out at the back of the room? With a light speed yellow mask on. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> uh, okay, moving on to DVDs. Dino Charge DVD Volume 2 Resurgence releases April 12th through... Lionsgate. It's also the same date that the Shout Factory releases the Wild Force season set. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. right now on it's the pre-order link is on Amazon. We'll have that in our show notes. The other big DVD news. A couple weekends ago, Shout Factory announced Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, the complete season. It was revealed through their live stream of Jew Ranger. It's going to be released on May 17th for $59.99 which is what I think the other sets were standard. Oh, they just, uh, right now, they just released the official press release for it today. Yeah. Huh. That's where I got this information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, sorry. I just pulled it up on that TV shows on DVD. Oh, they, they tweeted about it? Yeah, it's on their website. just got posted. Yeah, so right now on Shout's website, it's available for fifty three ninety seven. You can use the Shout affiliate link on our site to maybe purchase it through there. I always find that when Amazon puts it on there, you get more of a discount. But with Shout Factory, they actually, like what they did for Die Ranger, they'll send it to you two weeks before the actual release date. So if you want it a bit faster, definitely go through Shout for that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Someone tweeted at us, hashtag wishlist casting Patrick Stewart as Zordon for Power Rangers. No, Shaquille O'Neal. What? Shaquille O'Neal. What the f***? Yeah. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal as Zordon. What the f***? I would pay tons Shazam. of money to see that. It would just be Shazam all over. <laughs> I guess that would be funny. <laughs> no, that would be uh, pretty funny. I, I, uh, I gotta go with the actual, the serious wish casting and go with Patrick Stewart. I'm but, serious. I'm so serious right now. Uh, but... But for real, if Patrick Stewart was cast at Zoran, I might flip my <laughs> I will sing this movie's praises until mm-hmm. forever. Because if they do that, that's like the ultimate dream. That's like Star Trek meets Power It'll Rangers. It'll be like engraved on your headstone when you die. Patrick Stewart was in the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my greatest life achievement <laughs> is witnessing that, power, that Patrick Stewart is Zordon in the Power Rangers movie. That's sad. Um, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, seriously, that would be the bridging of my two fandoms. And that's all I'm about. I'm all about Star Trek and Power Rangers. If you somehow merge those, my head would kind of melt. <laughs> like, like my brain would just be dripping through my ear. And I'd be going to the Power Rangers movie like, oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anywho, Kaku Ranger, I'm excited for it just because I've never watched Kaku Ranger. It's the one I know least about. The only thing that I've seen related to Kaku Ranger was the Alien Rangers in season three of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All I've seen is the Zord footage and, and Ninjor. That's it. I watched, so, I think I watched like the first 10 episodes. How is it? It's interesting. It's, if Ninja was good, is how I'm <laughs> going to phrase that. Because it's, so, it's, it's, it's the exact same plot. There are yokai what? who try, want to take over the world, and there are ninjas there to stop the yokai. And it's, it's if Ninja was good, you'd have Kaku Ranger. Maybe that's why they had to have Kaku Ranger make a guest appearance on Ninja just to boost them. I think a little bit, yeah. In Kaku Ranger, there's the two sets of Zords. 
There's right. The, first, you start off with the Shogun swords, which is different, which is different than what happened in America. Powers. Exactly. And then it's like with uh, Ninja, you started with the original Zords, and then they moved on to these new Zords that they turn into the Zords. It's very similar, but it's more entertaining. Okay, good. It was a complete surprise when it came on the stream for Jew Ranger. I'm super excited for it. Hopefully it does well, because then we can continue to get more Sentai here in America, which that's something not even three years ago we would think would even be a possibility. And it's happening. Our next piece of news, hypobowl.com, which is kind of like an industry insider website, claims that Power Rangers executives did not want girls' toys. This was brought to us by uh, tokunation.com, our friends over there. Hypable.com posts an article where they've spoken to an anonymous industry insider who claims that the missing Star Wars Ray product wasn't accidental. In fact, the executives of Star Wars purposely asked vendors of Star Wars product to leave the character out of their plans, stating no boy wants to be given a product with a female character on it. The article goes on to make a statement regarding the beloved Power Rangers franchise. Quote, Diminishing of girl characters is common in the industry, the anonymous source relates. Power Rangers asked us to do it. Paw Patrol 2, unquote. Allegedly, this philosophy has developed into a solid mandate in the toy industry to maintain the sharp boy-slash-girl product division and, quote, marginalize girl characters and items not specifically marketed as girl-oriented. What Toku Nation brought up a good point was that that seems to be loosening up, at least on the Power Rangers side of it, because Purple and Pink were getting all of their power-ups and forms, albeit it's not the same type of case numbers. But I've been seeing a lot of Purple Rangers around. Yeah. You know, whether or not boys are actually buying that, I mean, whatever. But the product's there. It's available. It's better than what they did with, like, the Samurai line. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's still a disappointing trend in the industry, especially with Star Wars, because Rey was such a fantastic character. Mm -hmm. And I think she should definitely have equal figures like Finn or Poe Damien. I'm all for the camp for more Rey. Yeah. I think in the past, maybe that was the case. Right. But now, I think kids are more, or at least a lot more kids than back then are more into having like a complete set so that they can reenact their favorite parts in the movie or TV show or whatnot. Oh yeah, of course. And you can't do Um, that without the female character toys. No, you can't. Especially a team of Power Rangers. Who wants to have the whole power-up team to form the Megazord cockpit but, oh, wait, I don't have the power-ups for the two girls. It's, yeah. it's not accurate to the show. Mm-hmm. Specifically, as a collector, I love to have a complete team. And the fact that we're getting all these power-ups, I mean, God, we're getting, like, five different versions of these characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sucks for my wallet, but <laughs> as a completionist and as a collector, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is great. Yeah. Our final news item, Power Morphicon has started announcing more guests. Last year, we got confirmation of the Jew Rangers and Die Red, the actor. We got some Sentai confirmations, but now we have even more confirmations. We've got Austin St. John, Steve Cardenas, Johnny Young Bosch, Catherine Sutherland, David Fielding, Christopher Kamen Lee, 
So that's their second round of guest announcements, which I'm sure is not going to stop until oh, August. Yeah, no, <laughs> Power Morphicon is constantly announcing guests, which is fantastic because eventually if you just wait around long enough, your favorite cast member will be announced as a guest. Pretty much. <laughs> and the last Power Morphicon, the one we went to, mm-hmm. that was the one with the most guests. And I've heard Scott Zillner say on some pretty recent videos, like different interviews and stuff, that they're going to try and top the last PMC. Yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) And if they do, it's going to be insane for fans. Even at the last Power Morphagon, I couldn't get to meet everyone who I wanted to meet. Kind of in a way, it's like, you got to go multiple years because you get your round of meeting and autographs done the first time, and it's like the second one you get to see who you might have missed. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. I'm totally jazzed for Power Morphagon. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be there, so you should go too. So for you, the listeners of Ranger Command Power Hour, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash rangercommandph for your free audiobook. One recommendation that I have to make, it's this trilogy of books called the Reckoner series. Book one is called Steelheart. And the basic premise of that is what if super humans start appearing on Earth, but they're all villains. And then how do you combat that? It's a very cool book. It's kind of dark. It's an interesting take on the superpower genre. So that's my recommendation. Sounds neat. And it is available as an audiobook. I checked. So, main topic is that Dino Supercharge is back! Yeah! It's finally back! Finally, after a couple weeks of... Of not, like a month and a half of not being on the yeah. air. So yeah, the first episode of Dino Supercharge is called When Evil Stirs. Stream of consciousness, guys. What do you guys think? Zach, just go for it. New intro, awesome, first of all. I love the new intro. It looked amazing. They actually sprung for a new font package. Yeah, I'm, nice. I was so like ridiculously excited when I saw that. They've been using like the same... Times New Roman since Samurai (laughs) for the titles, and it just sucks. Yeah, I'm loving this new font. When we last left our heroes, they had all gone their separate directions, and so getting them all back together again was a challenge, because a lot of shows, when they do that, they can do it very organically or in a very forced way, and and thankfully, the way that our, our heroes got all back together, and it was very organic. We have the new villain. The new villain, who, by the way, had strategy, had tactics was thinking like it wasn't just i want Mm -hmm. the energy i'm gonna go destroy some rangers no it's like hey i isolate the rangers i get my hands on the energy one at a time and then i'll have them all so yeah let's talk about heckle and snide for a bit we saw heckle in episode 19 when sledge released him just so he could get the purple energy right Mm mm-hmm We saw that Sledge was using him because he looks human, but he has this really powerful side to him, which was not revealed in that episode, but was revealed in the season premiere. Mm -hmm. And he was able to save Kendall, and that came into play in this episode because he went to the Dino Bike Cafe to apply for a job, but that was just a cover to get intel on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And it was very well done. It was. Extremely. 
it was completely natural. And he took advantage when Kendall had to step away. He was looking at the letters that they got. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay. All right. Sh- Shelby Watkins and Chase Randall. And he was gathering intel on where they were. And it was perfect. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of smart villain that I miss where it's a complete opposite to Sledge, who is very much the get the energy. Yeah, yeah. Kind of that one note, I'll destroy the world villain. Mm-hmm. While Sledge was very entertaining, Heckle and Snide are bringing the level up of intensity yes. when it comes to the villains. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, again, the idea of, hey, I have a strategy. I have a plan for this. And Heckle is telling his other half that we need to finesse this. We don't need to go in half-cocked, guns a-blazing, let's get them all. No, think tactically. It almost yeah. it almost makes me feel like the villain has a chance this season. Maybe just like a little bit more of a chance. It's believable because they're playing it smart. I think the real danger to Heckle's plan is his other half, ironically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because Snide is like the one that is the, ah, get them all. He's more of the sledge type, Mm -hmm. and he's willing to use the brute force tactics, where Heckle's trying to play the long game. He's trying to do that strategy where it's like, let's just knock them out one at a time. Let's do this. And I have to say, I loved his intro at the beginning of the episode when Snide busts out, and he's all very like, we're going to get him, and I'm in control, and I'm going to take over. And then when his form changed back to Heckle, Heckle's like, hey, where are your manners? Let's release these prisoners. Let's get him some snacks. <laughs> I, which I thought was I love yeah. that. I love that. Brilliant. Like, so one of the monsters in the background was like, I haven't had snack in a million years. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And we see a couple suits from past seasons, like Beevil and Necroli costumes, Mm -hmm. which was kind of crazy. I know it's not going to play into continuity, but I know some people were freaking out over it. Like, well, how are they going to explain that that's Necroli? It's it's just super useful. It happens all the time. I'm just amazed at how well that particular suit has held up. Like, God, that was like 10 years ago. I love the intro for the villain. Yeah. It was great. And it showed that Heckle has this personality where it's like he can be charming, but he will backstab you at the first chance that he gets. He's just that cunning, smooth villain. And that one monster of the day was like, oh, well, yeah, I'm getting out of here. See ya. I'll write you a postcard or a snow globe in a postcard. And then he just shoots him. And he calls him a traitor. Yeah. Heckle's like, hey, he was going to betray us. Come to my way of things, or you're going to end up like that guy. It was believable as a villain. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you how excited I am just in general for an original non-monster suit villain again. Oh, God. It's fantastic. And he's credited in the main credits, too. Like, that hasn't happened in forever. Right. It reminds me of Mezagog or someone like that, where it's not from the Sentai. And Snide's costume was only in a movie, and he was in that for a total of, like, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. You know what and I mean? And it's not even, like, the same character backstory either. No, it's not. Which just goes to show the originality that Chip and the writer's team have come up with. And I think we're in for a lot of surprises this season. Mm-hmm. We're gushing about this villain, 
just because it's so amazing to have a well-crafted, well-written, and well-acted villain. Yes. I love that now he's potentially going to have a job at the Dino Bike Cafe. <laughs> he's going to be spying on the Rangers. I mean, heck, in that one trailer that we saw, he enters their base. I want to see that story, and it's got me really excited for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there was so much going on in this episode. It was great because we get to catch up with each of the Rangers in a natural way because we were seeing it as Snide's plan was coming into action by using a reanimated Ice Age to freeze all of the Rangers when they least expect it, which is now they don't think they're Power Rangers anymore. They think the threat's done. I don't know why they didn't check the crash ship (laughs) when it crashed, but, you know, whatever. That was kind of a dumb move on their part. But it was natural because we got to see a little bit of what they were doing post the first season Mm -hmm. in a natural way. We saw Riley at the farm with his scooter in the barn. (laughs) Just all the continuity was there, and I thought it was great. We got to see a little bit of the Rangers' backstories Mm -hmm. before they got frozen. And, holy crap... We've got a James Galen cameo as Shelby's dad, Mason Truman for RPM. He voiced Zeltrax in Dino Thunder. He was the voice of the Orange Heads in SPD. Mm-hmm. The guy's a PR legend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to see him in this episode. I liked the little moment where Ivan and Coda reacted to knowing what Shelby was doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And he was like, oh, my God. Like, oh, can you, like, can you imagine Shelby, a businesswoman? And. Coda's like, what's businesswoman? And Ivan's like, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it was, it's so classic. And it it reminded me of that one moment last season of the two of them where it's like, I just found out that the world was flat. And Coda's like, when did they change that? Or, you know, the world is round. It's like, yeah, why did they yeah, change yeah, that? that- I love that dynamic. Here you have these two rangers who are out of their own time periods trying to adapt to modern life together. But, you know, one is just as clueless as the other. (laughs) (laughs) That was a completely hilarious moment. I love the fact that there was a Coda, Ivan, Kendall dynamic where they were the ones that are still looking for the Energems. And they were the ones looking for the team. I actually like that the Rangers were all caught off guard. Yeah. It's a moment of weakness that we don't get to see a lot of in Power Rangers. And it really adds to make the villain look competent and not just another, her, I want to take over the world. This character is methodical. And it's not something you Mm -hmm. get to see from the villains often in a kid's show, let alone in any kind of medium. But it's nice to really have that and that tactical thinking in action. Moving on further into the episode, there was an interview with uh, that hashtag show that Yoshi did. And Yoshi hinted that there would be some backstory elements Mm -hmm. coming up. And we got to see that full on in this episode. Tyler came back to the base. Like Everyone thought Tyler was frozen. Coda was the only one available. He escaped Ice Age. And props for unmorphed fighting with Coda. Coda kicks him out. Mm-hmm. The bit with Coda I really enjoyed was so the, the, he's trying to block the, the ice beam with this big boulder, and he realizes he's losing that fight, and he manages to slip out of his hoodie, but the way the hoodie was encased in the ice, it looked like a hoodie icon from Ghost. From, from, from <laughs> Ghost? I know, you, you made that uh, tweet, I and I, that out, I, I was could... like, 
confirmed Coda's hoodie for ghosts. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> it, it looked exactly like what Common Rider ghosts. Exactly. It held the shape yeah. and like the hood was up. And I was just like, yeah, we're, we're going to get Dakota's hoodie icon soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was hilarious. But I have to really say props to the prop. Props to the props department. Yeah, yeah. Because those ice blocks looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. Like Jeez, all of the puns every five seconds. <laughs> oh, did I say look really cool? Yeah. God <laughs> they looked great. Hey, okay. You know, you can go with the pun. I don't care. It just makes me laugh yeah. when you don't recognize the pun you make. They looked fantastic, and again, the props department really kicked major amounts of with how great everything looks in this. And I love physical props like that. It was a very nice, like, practical effect that they did. Coda goes back to the base. It's funny because it's Coda driving a stick shift. And so you see the truck go like, (laughs) and kind of crashes into the crate. And Coda's like, I just got to get back to the base. Seeing Coda interact with the computer was hilarious. I love that. Yeah. And then he's obviously getting frustrated. He's trying to call him on the phone. No one's answering. He hears, here's a noise and something's coming down the chute. The part I, I busted out, uh, me and Teresa bust out laughing. He picks up this gigantic freaking dinosaur femur. He's ready to use it as a bat to knock out whoever's coming down the chute. <laughs> and it's Tyler. So Tyler managed to escape, and Tyler wants to know what happened, what's going on, and we get Coda's backstory. Mm-hmm. And Coda is very afraid of the ice. He literally has post-traumatic stress in yep. Coda was still very childlike, but your heart was breaking at the same time. Yeah. I like the little touch that he was doing when he was nervous. He's chewing his thumbnail. He's got that worried look about him. He's scared to talk he's about this. He's fidgeting. He's very visibly nervous when he tells the right. story, which just adds that extra bit of perfection to the character. And it's very uncoda-like from what we've seen in past episodes. You know, Coda's the strong caveman warrior, but he has a good heart. To see him have a weak moment like this makes the character more believable, mm-hmm. and it really connects uh-huh. us to it. That's a believable fear when you go through something as traumatic as losing your brother and then being frozen for 100,000 years and waking up in a strange time period where you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I love that they incorporated that naturally. So we get a little of the backstory. So now we know that Chase was one of the first rangers recruited. He was the first ranger recruited. Uh-huh. He was working with Kendall. Apparently, they were on this expedition to find more Energems, and they found Coda second. So we get a little bit more of that backstory. I hope we get a little more, because I really want to know how Keeper got involved with Kendall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really hoping we get an episode like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as they do it in this natural way that they did it with this episode. Yeah. I thought that was a very interesting way to do it. We still got that natural backstory. We got a flashback. It all tied in. I really felt for Coda. And the fact that part of Tyler's plan was to get refrozen. And then Keeper did the Creeper Keeper thing. He literally appeared out of nowhere. He's like, hello. (laughs) And I Jesus Creeper, come on. I, I busted out laughing because just because of our crossovers and stuff, but the way that they just shifted the camera and he's like right behind Tyler was just 
freaking I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> what did you guys think about the CODA's post-traumatic stress syndrome? I thought it was fantastic. It was really well written and really well done, like, overall. Yeah, it's a kid's show, but it wasn't dumbed down at all, really. Oh, no. It was great. I loved how they, like, incorporated Kendall, created the Dino Blaze Charger to get Coda out of the ice. And that's how that happened. It all tied together. Yeah, because before we didn't have a real explanation of where the, the Blaze Charger came from. It just kind of showed up in an episode in last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we even got more backstory for some of the tech, which, again, I hope we get more of throughout mm-hmm. the season. I really liked the shot, too. This isn't even, like, a major thing, but I loved the shot that they had of Kendall and Chase coming upon Coda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the angle and the lighting and everything and how they, like, pulled back their hood, and it's like, oh, my God, a caveman. It kind of felt like one of those Indiana Jones moments where they pull back the hood and it's like, my God, yeah. like, yeah. what am I looking at? Yeah. Like, yeah, that that was really cool. I thought the shot was epic, too. That huge ice block with Coda frozen in it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was well done, too. Then they had this plan. They morphed. We think they're frozen in this ice. It's like, what's Tyler's plan? You kind of saw it coming because that's how Coda slipped out. But <laughs> they gathered all the rangers that they've got from around the globe And like you said, Zach, earlier, that was a natural way to bring the Rangers back together. Basically, let the villains do all the work to make that happen. And so here's another interesting point that you had brought up. So Heckle wanted to do it one by one by one. Snide said, no, let's get them all together. Snide ruined the plan by getting them all together. Exactly. And he almost blew Heckle's cover. Mm -hmm. He started to change mid-fight, and Snide had to run away. And then he changed back into Heckle, and Heckle reiterates, I, I can't let them find out who I am. Because that's going to ruin his, again, his long-term game. Yeah, exactly. Since this was a villain that was from a movie and, you know, barely had any footage, all this fighting that we're getting between him and the Red Ranger, completely American-made footage. Mm-hmm. That fight was epic. That was a great face-off between the two of them. I love the promo shots that PowerRangers.com put up because it felt like a classic duel between them. Mm -hmm. But now there's that suspicion that Tyler has, well, Snide had the upper hand on me. Why is he now running away? There's a weakness there. Things are starting to build up. I love that whole fight. Kendall got to lead the morgue. Oh my gosh, We we can just end the season right there. (laughs) <laughs> end the season right there Kendall led the morph we're done we can all oh yeah we're good. that badass <laughs> boast that she gives where she's like this is gonna be the last time you hear this it's morphing time hell yeah Kendall sign me up that was such a great line that solo fight that she had taking down all those foot soldiers yeah was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, needed to get more purple in her wardrobe. Yeah, she was wearing a blue shirt this episode. Yeah. She borrowed it from Coda. <laughs> oh, Which no, no, kind of no, leads you, into you, the next Fueling the fire, don't do that. <laughs> I did notice some conversation. Some people were shipping Kendall and Coda just because Coda gave her like a really big hug, not once but twice in this episode. And it's like... Okay, guys, really? Like, he considers them family. Exactly. I don't think it's shipping. It's, here's Coda, who has the average intelligence of a child, basically. 
Right. And here's Kendall, who is a very brilliant young woman, who he, I think he sees her more like a motherly figure. Or even like exactly. an older sister. Like a, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why he has such a strong bond between Chase and Kendall, is because they literally saved him. Yep. <laughs> considers them family so i really don't get the shipping thing i don't think everything needs to be shipped it's just starting to creep up more in like episode discussion threads mm-hmm. i've seen on ranger board you can't go three posts without saying something about shipping i'm gonna i'm gonna say that my thoughts on shipping mirror jordan's thoughts if you listen to the last talk and toku episode it's kind of getting out of hand i will say though that i was on the ranger pride podcast mm-hmm. on their fifth episode and there was some chiley discussion but the way that they were talking about it and I could see it I could kind of see it in that one episode the two thirds okay I can see it but on the other hand just this Kendall slash Coda thing out of nowhere no 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 no. Kenda or Kodal like what do you (laughs) Uh, you know, we we were talking before we were recording and I kind of want to get these thoughts out on the show sure. as well. Shipping works when it's natural. Case in point, Dr. K and Ziggy from RPM. Right. That was a great example of a natural coupling that eventually happened. And in real life, And in life, real life, too. which is awesome because it's always fun when your ships make the jump from fantasy to reality. But nothing really has given us a very solid argument for shipping in Dino Charge with maybe the exception of that, what uh, you were talking about, Eric? Chase, Riley kind but of like, thing. But like, really, you can't just go, oh, that character looked at that character. They want a bone. No, don't. <laughs> I think that's what frustrates me the most about shipping is that it's this automatic, like, sexual thing. Mm. It's a kid show. They're not projecting that in a kid show. Exactly. No. And we all ship. We're all guilty of it. Oh, yeah. We watch Flash and go, oh, I hope Barry gets with Patty. I hope that works out. Like, yeah, I this newest episode, I was a, a little bit heartbroken. Right. And, but again, it, it, it's because that is written into the show. It, it naturally occurs. It's not just like, oh, man, you know that time Cisco and, and Joe were talking about movies? Yeah, they're totally going to hook up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, oh exactly. Oh, my God, now I want to see that crack fic. Go on. <laughs> What have I done? I will say, though, if you do look at that episode again, when Shelby slips that she's like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad to see you again, Tyler. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, oh, I mean, everyone. There's the shot back at Coda and then back at the group. You see Tyler and Shelby kind of look and smile at each other. Right. Like that coupling will happen eventually and it'll happen naturally exactly i thought it was a cute moment between yeah exactly credit where it's due both brennan and camille Camille. credit to both of them for having that sort of great chemistry in the scenes that they do that in oh yeah Yeah. absolutely oh hi philip at the last minute (laughs) What what does that mean you know what i think it means I think it means that he's here to stay for the rest of the season. I really want that to happen. Can we get him a title card, please? Yes, please. Because they featured the Graphite Ranger in that opening heavily. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the second episode. I hope the second episode 
the title card changes again, yeah. and we get him in like, there. Like, BS a backstory. Well, I thought you had a country to run. Oh, I've left it in the hands of my staff. They're more than capable of taking control. Exactly. Um, Philip. I think them introducing him in the last minute of the show, I don't think that was unintentional. Mm-hmm. I think that was a signal like, okay, he is totally serious about their commitment to get the remaining Energems. Yeah. And now he has committed to working with the Rangers full-time. I hope to God he's in the rest of the season because Nightmare noted on Jared Blankenson's resume that for Dino Supercharge, he's listed as a major support role. So, yeah. And that means he's a major recurring guest star, I hope, And I hope he gets the proper credit in the main title sequence. Mm -hmm. I know this title sequence is going to get insane the more Rangers they add. Mm -hmm. But I think he's one of the best side characters in that show right now. Yeah. I want more Philip. I want to see more of him. I love the actor. His accent's great. I think the character is intriguing. He is royalty that has become a Power Ranger. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about that. So I'm glad he showed up. And... He has great fashion sense. I love the jacket over the shoulders look. His, he is so styling. Over. He is just absolutely yeah. styling. <laughs> he, he's baller. He's a prince. Yep. He knows what's going on. He's got the royal stylist. <laughs> Seeing him in the base, that would be funny if he started working in the Dino Bite Cafe. That would for be a, a wonderful fish out of water episode. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want that to happen. I know we got a focus episode with him for his debut. Mm-hmm. But I kind of just want one more focus episode with him. Just give me a little bit more focus yeah. with him. That yeah. would be cool. That's the thing in these seasons where you have a ton of Rangers is you have the luxury of being able to say, okay, well, what would have been a filler episode we can take and give and make a focus episode. We technically, we only have 21 more episodes to go this season, yeah. you know, including both holiday specials, but I hope they squeeze in some room for Philip, at least early on. Philip and Kendall. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I want. Yeah, we I absolutely want... need a Kendall focus where we learn her backstory and how she met Keeper and how mm-hmm. she started the search for the Energems. You know what would be funny? If she met what? Keeper because he randomly appeared behind her one day. God. <laughs> Hello, I'm looking for the bus. <laughs> she just flips out. <laughs> or maybe one of her just random expeditions, maybe her first one was finding, like, I don't know, Keeper encased in whatever. Because when the asteroid hit, we saw him get covered in, like, that shockwave of dust and debris. Yeah. So did he get buried? Fossilized like, Keeper. I still think he's dead and he's a ghost. I, you know what? The way he like wisps in and out when he does that smoke teleport thing. Yeah, he's got it. Or the way he just sneaks up on people with, with no one noticing. Yeah. It's just like, hello. Yeah. Like, it's, it's insane. <laughs> this episode, that was the nail in the coffin for me. He's truly Creeper Keeper. Maybe she met him in line at the snack machine. She bought the last oh. pack of racy pieces. <laughs> but I wanted those. <laughs> I needed them to phone home. (laughs) Okay, but speaking of Keeper, one of the interesting things that he said in the last moments of this episode was once they acquire all the Energems, he can resume his role as Guardian of the Energems. Yeah. 
I'm kind of nitpicking everything that these characters say. Of course, because you have to. Because you know Chip is going to spin it in a way that's going to come back as a later plot point. We still have that sledge line from the season finale of Dino Charge where he said, oh, my employer isn't going to be happy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Who's his employer? I don't know. The thing I think, too, is I'm wondering if Keeper is going to, like, evolve into Torin. There's been some pictures flowing around that they do use the Torin suit. Yeah. Hopefully. And that would be cool. That would be a good way to match the footage mm-hmm. that comes up later on. Or maybe that Torin bird suit is maybe another part of Keeper species, or there's some kind of galactic protectors of the Energems or something, which would then turn this into like some kind of Green Lantern core. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh my God, that'd what be if, awesome. What if like Keeper's personality gets split, or like his dark side becomes what's the name of the the, the black version of the bird? Suit, what they call it? It's going to be a Doomwing. Doomwing. So Doomwing is his evil side, and we get whatever Torin is is as his purely good side. Which would be interesting a concept if somehow what happened between Snide and Heckle happens to Keeper. Right. So Keeper's like a Pokemon, and he's evolving into this giant bird. Keeper, I choose you. Keeper. Or it's like a Digimon. Keeper, Digivolve, too. Oh, dear. No, that's a fandom that we don't need to cross into. <laughs> for the rest of this season, I definitely think we're in for some surprises. At least I hope we are. They're really keeping that momentum going. I thought this was a fantastic premiere for Dino Supercharge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did pack a lot in, but I thought, personally, that the episode flowed really well. Oh, my gosh. And, and it finally, finally we get a season premiere where it's not the premiere of some power-up, and that's about it. Oh, thank God, right? For Super Mega Force and Super Samurai, that premiere was just like, hey, this is the new power, this is why we're calling this episode. And thank God that the episode title wasn't Dino Supercharge, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I'm glad we got to talk about this episode because I'm charged up. I'm ready for the rest of this season. I'm not ready for another hiatus, yeah. but we'll get through it. So we actually asked for our Ranger Nation answer segment. We asked, what are your thoughts on the premiere of Dino Supercharge? So the Ranger talk at the Ranger talk said a good start to a show that feels like it is growing. Mm-hmm. PR generations at PR generations said it was an awesome premiere to a bright season. Looking forward to the rest of it. Jeremy Treacy at Jeremy Treacy says, I'm about done with Coda being this damaged child. He needs to break from that and gain some confidence in his skill fast. Snide looks cool. Wish he was around more than Heckle. Need to separate them soonish so that Snide can be a badass. Heckle is not intimidating. Room full of monsters, and he kills one. I think they could all just overtake him right there. I kind of disagreed on yeah, that. I yeah, I disagreed a lot of that. Heckle's basically a sociopath. Yeah. Right. And that's, like, scary as hell. And this episode was all about <laughs> Coda getting over his stress. It's not like we've seen much of Coda being a damaged child. Like, I don't know what that means. Does that mean just because he's incompetent? And if that's the case, chalk that up to being a caveman a hundred thousand years out of time. Yeah. Not because of his mentality. Yeah, Coda is a caveman. There is caveman mentality. But we've shown that he's learning. Yeah. And 
now he's wearing shoes. I don't know if you guys caught that. They focused on, you know, them running, and there was a shot of both of their shoes. Oh, wow. Coda's wearing shoes now. We've seen in the last season that he was uncomfortable wearing shoes. He didn't like it. Yeah. But now he is. It's that subtle progression of the character where he's becoming more used to this time. Yeah, and even his speech is getting better. It is. Yeah. So, yeah, the whole damaged child thing, he encountered the very thing that caused his stress to begin with. And he overcame that this episode. I think this was a huge character development episode for Coda. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I like, that this episode, there was something for everyone. Mm -hmm. I think all of the characters grew a little bit, except maybe for Chase and Riley and, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, it, I mean, there was, there was more for the characters to develop. Moving on, uh, Little Miss Fies at Tokyo to Go. She said, it was a good start. I love getting more of Coda's backstory, but a bit disappointed that they barely included Philip. Agreed. Yeah. Jez Damashi at Mighty Jez said, a solid return to action set up Heckle as a genuine threat very quickly. Looking forward to more. Cranky McCranky Mom at Mara Greengrass said, loved it. I was especially pleased to see a kid-suitable representation of PTSD that respected the fact of Coda's fear. Absolutely. Yes. They really did handle it very well. I think it was believable for a, a kid to understand. Yeah. Yeah, I think they presented it in a way that kids would understand and also empathize with Coda. They would see the pain that he's in. It was a believable way. Mm -hmm. And presenting it through Coda, who's in his core, he's still very childlike. To present that to kids in that way, I thought that was handled very well. Yes. I totally agreed with her. Tyler Bozetsky at Tucson PR Zealot said, I liked it, but it wasn't that strong of a season opener, more like a mid-season premiere. Mm. It exactly was a mid-season <laughs> premiere. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, in the grand scheme of things, Dino Charge is basically one big 44-episode yeah. story. So, yeah, this was in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. But even then, as a season opener, I still think it was pretty strong. Me too. Like, it quickly and naturally set up what happened last season. Yeah, there was like 30 seconds of flashback, but it was through a storytelling device that they've used before, which is Tyler writing to his dad in his journal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Zero Flame 16 at Zero Flame 16 said, Kendall and Coda forever. <laughs> but it's more like forever, like the number four, like forever. <laughs> Sentai 5 at Sentai 5 says, a nice continuation of where we left off. Not perfect, but still good. Plus, it's always a pleasure to see James Galen back. Amen. Yeah, I agree with that. Ranger Girl at Gokai Ranger said, Fantastic. Been a long time since I was so amped for a premiere and not let down. My non-Power Rangers husband even enjoyed it. Wow. That's a good thing. Yeah. Solomon D at Salaman underscore D said, I thought it was awesome. It set up a lot of story elements that can be further explored and great character moments. And side note, I would love an Ivan, Kendall, and Coda spinoff series. They just work so well together. I agree. That is a great yes. sitcom in the making. Yes. <laughs> Their treasure hunting adventures. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, she's yes. just this exasperated businesswoman who has a very high intellect having to try to train the knight and the caveman on modern the, the modern world. Who already with Ivan, like when Ivan first premiered, she was like, oh, good grief. Yeah. <laughs> Ember Iceglow at Brave and Frozen says, I loved the introduction of Heckle. 
Mad Poisandra is still around. Didn't really get how the Rangers got back together. Did, hmm. did you watch the well, episode past the introduction of Echo? <laughs> yeah, they got back together because the villains froze them all in different locations and brought them back together yeah. in one quarry <laughs> or one construction site. <laughs> Actually, we didn't talk about Poisandra and uh, the rest of the crew. Yeah. The old- we yeah. did kind of gloss over that, didn't we? But yeah, they're back. <laughs> they survived the crash. I don't know if they were being held prisoner or if they were just kind of dawdling around. But yeah, Poissandra was upset. She's that mourning sledge. her sledgems. <laughs> she wants her sledgems. But then she quickly gets over that. I love the fact that Wrench called her out on that. <laughs> he was like, well, you're, wait, why do you want him back? Because you dumped him before all this yeah. happened. And she's like, you she's like so I'll dump you. Dump him. <laughs> It was hilarious, but I like that she's like, oh, God, that line where she's like, my heart may be empty, but my tummy doesn't have to be. Oh, my yeah. gosh, I love that. That was hilarious. It's like my motto. Wrench is still there. I like that Fury was like, wow, he's tougher than Sledge. Even Fury was like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with this <laughs> <Yeah>. guy. <laughs> so I think that was a good way to quickly establish the new pecking order of this show. Mm-hmm. If even Fury is like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let this guy take control, whatever. The fact that he's doing that, I think quickly set all the other monsters in line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Juo Forze at Jambalaya23 said, While I enjoyed it, I had some issues with the pacing. At times it felt more like a bunch of scenes strung together than an actual episode. The pacing wasn't an issue for me. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt pretty solid and pretty fluid. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit more fast-paced, but with the amount of focus that some of these characters got in a 22-minute episode is not that bad. No, mm-hmm. It was actually really good. <laughs> DJ Monkey Ranger at Monkey Ranger said, Heckle has officially become my favorite villain. The premiere was equal parts entertaining and gripping. Addendum, Coda and Ivan give me life. Taggy Ranger at Doug Watchin says, I loved it. Got me all kinds of pumped for more. Also, anyone else really want a Coda, Kendall, and Ivan spinoff sitcom? Yes! See? Yes! Doug gets it. Yeah, Doug totally gets it. This is, we need this in our lives. Could you imagine just the fake opening for that, where it's like a threes company? Somebody somebody make a fan opening. Yeah, I think I have an idea for something I can throw together. Okay, good. Scott Sandler at DigiRanger1994 said, I enjoyed it. Heckle and Coda were standouts. It's nice to see James Galen on screen and have a college-attending ranger again. Luke Eurley at Undead Number 9 said, I thought it was a really good episode overall. Not great, but fun. Heckle is great. I wish Philip was in the intro, though. Frowny face. Amen to that. We need Philip yeah. in the intro. Mm-hmm. Philip for intro 2016. Let's get him in there. <laughs> That's the new hashtag. It's the new Kendall for mayor. Yep. <laughs> Philip for intro. <laughs> Uh, my girlfriend, Teresa, at FetG17 said, I'm all hyped up. With the first episode, Poissandra was cute, and then knowing more about Coda's background is good, too. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. 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 I really want to write the script of the Coda Kendall Ivan spinoff sitcom. <laughs> okay, if someone if someone in the fandom decides to make a super cool fan opening for the Kendall, Coda, and Ivan spinoff theme song, yeah, do it to the Friends theme. See, I was thinking the Mr. Belvedere theme song. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> Wait, walk blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> well, like, the I, drop I, kick your jacket line could be when Ivan's coat gets kicked into the mud. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what? 
Someone do either of those. Uh, so, okay, I need to get that episode, and I need to think of other... Okay, so I, I, why am I creating work for myself? <laughs> we'll get working on that. So, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com, or check us out at rangercommand.com. And until next time, Dino Supercharge It Up! No, Woo! just no. No, no. Dino. We need a better oh. outro thing because just no. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> I think that, that that should be our thing. Every week you say something dumb and me and Ape just go, wow. Yeah. And it's, it fades yeah. out of us just going, no, no. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trekkie B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and you're listening to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another proud production of the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You want to see more shows? Go check out www.4eyedradio.com, you winkers.